Hey everybody, Repco Supercars Weekly, Aaron Noonan here, and it's a big day of news for the Repco Supercars Championship. Confirmation is in, it's official, it's done. Greg Murphy is coming back to Bathurst this year. Murph and Richie Stanaway at the wheel of a wildcard entry, car number 51, of course the famous 51, makes its return. You can't have Murph without those digits. And it will be a Boost Mobile-backed Erebus Motorsport run Commodore. So Erebus will run three cars in this year's Repco Bathurst 1000 from October 7 to 10. For Murph, it's his first great race since 2014 with the Holden Racing Team. So it's been a while between drinks. His last start in a supercar was on the Gold Coast that year before he moved into a television role the following year. So plenty of interest on both sides of the Tasman to see how this Kiwi combination goes. Of course, it's the second wildcard announced for the Repco Bathurst 1000. Russell Ingle, Brock Feeney driving for Triple Eight in a third. Triple Eight Commodore, car number 39. So Murphy and Ingle at it again at the mountain. Can't wait to see them. And I tell you, the other interesting thing, they will be paired together in a pit boom because, of course, they've got to share a composite crew. So the two wildcards will be sharing a pit boom for the great race later in the year. So really amazing stuff. Who would have thought that Murph would be coming back to the mountain? I think he probably thought the same. I caught up with him to talk a little bit further about the wildcard Bathurst entry for this year. Greg Murphy... We talked a little while ago. It was a question mark, but you are going to make a supercar's return to the Repco Bathurst 1000. Why are you doing this, my friend? What what got you over the line to say yes to this deal? This is this is this still a big question mark, isn't it? Oh, for me, there's still a big question mark around a lot of these uh, these things that I do these days and what I say yes to. But um, listen, you know, just having a good think about what it all is about and what it means and, and why we would be doing this. It's very different to, you know, um, being full-time in a championship and, and the, the aspirations and the goals and the, the dreams are, are very different. So, you know, this is um, a lot to do with what uh, Peter Addison, obviously, at Boost and our relationship and also Richie getting, you know, getting the chance to get him back in a, in a supercar and, and um, you know, back doing the thing that he does best, which is drive race cars really fast and, and try and enjoy it from a totally different perspective. Listen, um, it did take some convincing. There's no doubt. You know, I, I really just was totally against the idea initially when when Peter Anderson threw it out there into the world, and um, and I just thought I thought he was, you know, joking or not serious. But then I really should have thought long and hard about that because I know him very well, and when he says something, he usually means it. So it's um, it's all come together, and and we are doing this, and and. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still sort of questioning my decision, but I, I, he sort of left me with no choice in some respects, so I don't need to get my act together. What does the family think of this? What does your wife, Monique, what do the kids think of this? Because I guess for, for your kids, they were very, very young when you were at your, you know, your Bathurst winning peak and all that sort of stuff. Have they embraced this, or have they been saying, oh, Dad, do you really need to go do this? What's the, what's the family take at home say? <laughs> well... I think what they um, are saying versus what they're thinking, they might be two different things. But um, at the end of the day, it was uh, a, a bit to do with Monique, uh, my wife, in the end, because I, I sort of said to her, "Listen, you know, this is." Oh, well, my kids actually, I think, saw the the um, the post and um, the comments from Pete before I even did. So they were already asking questions pretty early on in the piece about this and what's going on and what is this for real. And I'm like, "Well, I don't know." Um, but once it sort of um, you know, spoken to Peter and, and, and realised he was serious. 
I sort of mentioned to my good wife, this is what he wants to do. And she's like, and I expected her to say, well, that's just ridiculous. Why would you want to do that? Instead, she, which would have supported my theory. But um, she, instead she said, well, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Like, what, what do you got to lose? What's, what's the problem with going out there with, you know, with that mindset, different mindset and, and doing it for enjoyment and for totally different reasons? You know, why wouldn't you do that? And um, so once he sort of said that, I was, um, I suppose, a bit uh, it changed in my in my thinking, and from there it um, it sort of fell into place. And I never really told Pete, yes, I'm agreeing to it. It just sort of started to basically form itself in front of me, and, and it got to a point where I, it was a runaway train. How much of this is the fact that if Russell Ingle can do this, I can do this? Is that a factor in this at all? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, we can pretend and, and say that it is, but it's not. It's. Um, it is more about you know, uh, in many respects, what what Pete did for me in my early my early career, um, uh, which probably was the kickstart of my career actually, certainly in Australia, and and you know what he wants to do as far as you know supporting other drivers and and the likes of Richie and and just his desire to support the sport and be a part of supercars and. And do things differently. And you know, at the end of the day, when you ever think about that, that's pretty cool. Why wouldn't you want to be a part of something like that? I mean, it's very humbling, but it's it's also you've got to look at it from the from the perspective of like, how often does that happen? And you know, how can you turn? I mean, how many how many drivers would give their you know left arm to be in a situation where someone's providing them with a, a driver batter? So I need to be um, you know pretty thankful about about the fact that I've been given that chance, and and it's great that Russ is doing it. Um, with Brock, and you know, we'll be. I would, from what I gather, we're going to be uh, teamed up together in this, you know, same garage and sharing boom and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, that just it does sound like you know we should be really enjoying that opportunity and making the most of it. I think we will. I think it, I think it's going to be a good laugh. I really do. I think there's a nice synergy here too, mate, with the fact that supercars have come out and confirmed last week that Gen Three will be uh, pushed back to some point next year. So this will make. Um, what we would expect to be the last Bathurst 1000 for uh, the Holden Commodore, which, of course, last year was from the point of view of factory backing. Fans weren't really there last year. Fingers crossed we don't have any COVID scenarios this year that change it for October. But I guess it's important, too, that if you're going to go back, you're in a Commodore, it's the last one for for Holden's at Bathurst, it's a nice little full stop on on the situation, which I'm sure is just a nice little add-on benefit of all this as well. Yeah, it's an add-on, but, uh, you know, I didn't get to go to Bathurst last year either, you know, with um, with the COVID thing, and, and that's the first one you know that I'd missed in what was it, twenty seven years or something, and um and, and it was sad the fact that we knew, you know, that obviously we very aware of at that point of the Holden situation and what was happening, and really didn't get to celebrate that and and in any way, shape, or form. Oh, I didn't, but and the celebration that was there was, you know, wasn't what it deserved. So yeah, you're right. You know, to actually go back, that's another add-on to to what makes a you know for me personally um, something quite special, but a good story as well. So there's there's lots of things about it. I mean, um, the reaction from the fans is some of them has just been unbelievable. You know, it's been very humbling. And you know, there's uh, one guy in particular who has gone above and beyond and on Instagram with his um, foray of uh, you know um, coverage of of my history and, and career and also Richie's career as well. I mean, it is just, I tell you what, that is determination. I wish I had that, that much determination um, back when I was racing cars is what this guy's got on, on his uh, um, 
hopefulness of, of us going, or me and Richie going racing again. I mean, it's, it's just been staggering to watch some of this stuff, and you just go, my goodness gracious, so I should be very thankful. Just quickly too, Richie Stanaway. We haven't seen Richie since he stepped out of Gary Rogers Motorsport a couple of years ago. Uh, where's yeah. he at? How's his approach? How's he feeling about all of this? Listen, I, I mean, this is, again, one of the real positives about this and one of the things that um, was a, a, a decision-maker for me is, is seeing him back in the car because it was a, a real tough end to uh, what he uh, would tell you was, as far as he was concerned, the end of his car racing at the end of 2019. It was a tough year at GRM. It was a tough year prior to that at uh, Tickford. You know, um, a young man that's got, uh, you know, credentials that most of us could only dream of overseas, um, the cars that he's driven, the teams he's driven for. Um, and, and, you know, it didn't play out the way he intended. And, and, you know, just talking to him over the last few weeks and uh, hearing his positivity about this, and, and he was not really, uh, didn't want to buy into this at the beginning either, but has come around fully and, and he's in great space. And um, I'm excited about just seeing him drive the car and, and he's not, you know, holding hope or, or looking as this to be a resurrection for him in any way. Um, if something happens and it's positive out of it, then, you know, it's a good thing for him to look at. But, you know, just to, to actually, if, it, if nothing comes from it, this will be a way for him to, you know, actually sign off properly if, that, if that's what it becomes uh, rather than the way it did happen um, at the end of 19. So, you know, there's some really, really great things to to come out of this wild card entry and, and announcement and you know and he's in great space uh, better than I've seen him in a long time and he's happy and and has you know had a good chance to think about things away from car racing um, so he's pretty fresh and ready to go good stuff sounds good Repco Bathurst 1000 in October Kiwi fans are going to go bonkers because there's two more on the grid hey Murph uh, are you dusting off 51 as well good to go 51 is good to go yes how good's this Lock it in. I'll see you there. There he is, Greg Murphy. Almost a surprise, Greg Murphy, that he's doing this going back to Bathurst. But I tell you what, it's great to see it when legends of the sport can come back on their terms uh, and, and really do it um, for the motivation that matters to them rather than what matters to to other people. And, of course, Peter Adderton, a big part of Murph's career back in the days with uh, his early uh, – Arrival in Australia, really. I think they met out at Eastern Creek one day uh, at a Formula Holden event, uh, 1994. And, of course, from there, the two-litre stuff with the Toyota Carina and then the, the Audi team with Brad Jones Racing, of which Peter was a partner in, uh, all flowed on from there. So it's great to see, I guess, the band getting back together. Murphy and Stanaway at the Mountain later in the year. Can't wait to see it. Plenty of news going on otherwise in the Repco Supercars Championship beyond the wildcard entry. Of course, last Friday, uh, Supercars confirmed the introduction of Gen 3 will be uh, pushed back to probably around August 2022. The Camaros and Mustangs, the new era of the sport. Of course, we'll see uh, prototype cars running. Well, it sounds like they're going to be running pretty soon, uh, closed to the public, but will be open to all of the teams to check out what's being uh, what's going to be unfolding with those cars. Don't forget, next round of the Repco Supercars Championship is in the top end, the Merlin Darwin Triple Crown. It's June 18 to 20. And for those wondering, this is a Channel 7 round. So the 7 will be covering it again. Uh, first round that they've done since the season opening 
uh, Repco Mount Panorama 500 at Bathurst. So great to see it back on the screens of seven, of course, alongside with Fox Sports and, and KO. Don't forget to online, our Repco garage, you've got to go there. It's the automotive digital destination for rev heads all over the country, not just this country, but New Zealand as well and around the world, repco.com.au, repco.co.nz. Plenty of interesting content and unique bespoke material there to keep you all flowing on through the days and weeks ahead. Now, on this day, June the 8th, it's a birthday. We have to send out a birthday cheerio to a current driver in the championship, Andre Heimgartner from Kelly Grove Racing, 26 today. Only 26. Feels like he's been around a very long time. He could probably just about uh, rack up 36. He's been around (laughs) for so long. He's been uh, such a young gun when he started. Uh, He was so young when he worked first turned up in Carrera Cup and uh, the development series here. So happy birthday to Andre Heimgartner. Also on this day, June the 8th, 2002, the first race of the Canberra 400 was held. Mark Scaife leading home Steve Richards and Todd Kelly, so Commodore drivers 1, 2, 3. Also on this day in 2008 at Sandown, uh, it was a win for Jamie Winkup over Mark Winterbottom and Craig Lowndes. So the Fords were 1, 2, 3 in that race. Now tomorrow on the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Repco, Part one of my chat with Adrian Burgess. Of course, he's the head of motorsport now for the Repco Supercars Championship, but he's had an amazing career in the sport, particularly his time in Formula One. He tells some amazing stories about Etten Senna, about Mika Hakkinen, his time at McLaren, um, how he missed out on uh, working on a Le Mans 24-hour win, of course, his time in supercars, and much, much more from an amazing career. So part one of two comes up tomorrow. That's Wednesday that pod drops, our latest episode in the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Repco. That's it for today. Repco Supercars Weekly back every Tuesday. Keep the feedback flowing. Keep the suggestions coming for future upcoming guests as well. Don't forget to head to our website. It's v8sleuth.com.au for a bunch of content and news and information that will keep you ticking through. And of course, our bookshop, online bookshop, the web address is bookshop.v8sleuth.com.au. Pre-order for the Larry Perkins Cars book. You can grab some great savings on some other books in our range. And there's a bunch of other new stuff that's coming as well in time for Father's Day and Christmas. So keep checking back to that. In the meantime, that's Repco Supercars Weekly. I'm Aaron Noonan. We will catch you tomorrow with another edition of our podcast powered by Repco. Chat to you then.